Welcome to the Running Stuff Podcast. I am Jordan Lusk, Vice President at Peterson Partners. Our topic today is building a value-based marketing engine. Our guests today are Mike Steele and Jake Young, CEO and COO at Pupford, a direct-to-consumer dog brand that provides training resources and nutrition products for pet parents. Mike and Jake, welcome to the office. It's good to have you both here. Um, let's start with some backgrounds. You guys have been friends for a while. Mike, you started Pupford a few years ago. Jake, you recently joined. So maybe let's get into the founding story, Mike, how Pupford came about, maybe what you were doing at the time and what you saw in Pet that got you excited. Yeah, sounds great. And we're happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah, I can. Uh, so my background is more um, actually out of college. I was working at an engineering company. So I was doing um, project management there and had a chance to like work in the mining industry and see a lot of stuff there, but quickly realized that that wasn't uh, what was right for me. And so started teaching myself marketing. And um, then, you know, I, I ended up more in the fitness industry and, and had a lot of experiences there that kind of started forming um, the ideas around what was going to be um, Pupford eventually before I, I mean, before I get too much into that, Jake, you can introduce yourself too, if you want real quick, but cause I, I can yeah. see myself getting real long winded on this. I, and don't well, catch you out I think more people are excited to hear about you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Jake Young, as, um, Jordan said, I've spent a decade in software. It's weird to say a decade. It's that feels like a short time. Um, it feels like I've only been there a short time and, uh, have done companies recently at uh, IPO company weave and helped them build, um, all their new markets, um, as well as helped start, um, from the ground up a company called grow, um, that was just acquired less than a month ago as well. So both of them have had exits. Um, they're building from the, um, go to market teams both in sales, marketing, business development, all of those. So that's kind of just quick overview of me. I'm sure we'll get into more of, of that stuff, but yeah. Yeah, let's jump in. So Mike, what, what were you doing at Ideal Shape? And then uh, what did you see there that worked? And then what was it about the pet space that uh, got you excited? Yeah, so at Ideal Shape, I came on and I built out the uh, digital marketing team. Um, so I was there for a few years and eventually the company was acquired there. Um, but uh, what, one of the things that we learned um, and, and one of the things we got really good at there was offering people a lot of free stuff. Uh, we got really good at giving people just a ton of value through free workout programs and training programs, support communities, um, and, and things like that. So we, we learned how to hold people's hand through the process of you know trying to get in shape and trying to lose weight because that's a real challenge for a lot of people. And um, what we saw was there's a lot of just conflicting and um, hard to understand information out there. So we tried to simplify it and make it easy for um, people to understand. And then um, off the back of that, we, you know, we sold protein shakes and meal replacement shakes and products like that. Yeah. But yeah, as, as we were building that business and after the acquisition, um, kind of realized that um, kind of got that entrepreneurial itch, I guess you could say. And wanted to look at some other things that we could we could do afterwards. Um, left ideal shape and um, started thinking about some of the things that we could we could do at that point. And um, you know, we had at the time we we uh, I was recently married and uh, we were trying to start our family and that was a little bit of a struggle for us. And we ended up getting a dog during that time period. Um, her name is Doris. Uh, my wife is a big fan of old movies and so uh, we named her after Doris Day. 
But um, yeah, so we got Doris, and Doris is a Labradoodle. She we talked about getting a small dog. Um, she ended up being an eighty pounder, so she's a good sized dog, bigger than what we'd anticipated. But um, what we found there too is that um, Doris really filled a, a hole in our in our hearts a little bit as we were kind of trying to start our family, and ended up being just you know as, as most people with dogs know, just a really um, special. Um, individual in our in our household and she's Doris is seven now um, but along as, as that was happening you know we were trying to figure out how to train Doris and there was so much information out there I mean you guys know how the internet is right you, you go out there and you can find an answer to anything that you're looking for and it can be answered in a hundred different ways as well um, but what what we found was that it was really hard to have a good understanding of how to train her, what the right top or what the right tactics were. And I know that we did things that, you know, still have laughed, lasting effects, maybe negatively, just because we didn't know any better. And so we realized, wow, we can really do something here where we can make training more accessible for people using some of the background that we had in the fitness industry to make training accessible and to make it much easier for people to train their dogs. And that's kind of where Pupford began. Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember the first sale you made? Maybe talk um, about maybe talk about going from zero to one. Yeah, uh, man, it's a, you never realize how much of a grind it is. Like all the online gurus make it sound so much easier than it actually is, right? Um, I, I don't remember our first specific sale, but I remember I remember spending a lot of the t a lot of time on the phone with like people that were buying like a joint supplement that was thirty dollars or so. And just spending like an hour on the phone with someone just talking them through why it was a good product and why they should be trying it out and how it would benefit their dog. Um, yeah, so I don't necessarily remember the first sale specifically, but I remember a lot of those initial sales and the amount of effort that went into actually like trying to make them. Yeah, yeah. So what were you guys doing early days? Part of the model was and is, you know, delivering value and then, you know, selling products thereafter, but building trust and sort of building the brand with the consumers and, and sort of providing value to them. So talk about the philosophy and then how you sort of manage that, right? Delivering value, but then also being able to sell products. Yeah, so um, in the early days, uh, it was a lot of just like trial and error, right? So so you, you try and figure out what's going to work and you throw a lot of stuff at the wall and then you've got to run with what's going to work. Right. But from the beginning, our whole approach was how do we provide um, more free stuff than what everybody else is asking you to pay for? Um, and that was kind of our mindset from the beginning. It's just how can we go over the top on value and give people more than one, more than what they would expect and two, more than what they would get from someplace else if they yeah. were to pay for it. Yeah. And so a lot of the focus was just around like, how do we create better and better content that's actually going to have like real utility for people, not just for the sake of SEO, not just for the sake of putting out a blog post, but like something that's actually going to solve real problems for the people that we were talking to. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a bit about how you guys developed content, what the approach was, um, and then maybe, maybe get into sort of the channel approach around where you're pushing content and then the customer journey sort of through the content and then into what you guys sell and where you, where you actually are making your money, which is selling consumable sort of pet products. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so for us, um, 
with with like what we realized was if we're willing to offer that much value up front, people are going to be open to talking to us and telling us a lot about themselves. And so um, alongside all this stuff and what we did at Ideal Shape is we created communities that would give people a forum where they could go and talk about the problems that they had and build relationships with other individuals who are in the exact same situation, trying to train their pups and trying to figure out how to um, – you know, get past some of these issues that they were having in their home with their pup. Um, and so we, we did a lot of interact, like a, a lot of interaction was happening there, right? We would go in and we would talk to all these people in the communities and try and build relationships with them and try and answer every question that they could possibly have, um, give them way more information than they probably even wanted. But um, we figured that was our best way of of building a good enough relationship with them where they would talk openly with us and give us enough information where we could take that and say, okay, here's the content that we need to create and here's how we can provide better value for them because we actually know who they are yeah. at this point. Yeah. So maybe maybe just on that, talk about what that what you've now created, right? You've got a ton of customers. You've got a large customer file. You know the customers fairly intimately in terms of their needs with their with their pets. So what, you know, fast forward a few years, what, what does Puppert mean now and what, what have you guys built? Yeah. So in all reality, like we're still doing a lot of the same things, like we're still doing what we can. And I'm personally not doing it quite as much as I did back in the day. Right. Cause we've got an awesome team now that's taking care of a lot of those things for us. But we're still trying to do a lot of the same things. Like what can we do in the community that's going to provide real value? What can we do that's going to, um, you know, help people understand how to um, build a better relationship with their pup. Um, but I think what's nicer now is we actually have the team and the resources to create even better stuff. So our videos are better and the content that we create is, is, is better. And we have the ability to make it more effectively um, usable across different platforms, you know, whether that's video or written or audio or, or, you know, whatever other mechanism we use to, to communicate it to people. But um, it's really a lot of the same stuff, but we're just doing it more effectively now. Um, and because we have the broader audience, we also can draw more insights from that as well to understand, okay, we're seeing a lot of people talking about these types of things. How do we help them to um, solve the the challenges that are in front of them, yeah. not only through content, but also how do we use products to help solve those problems yeah. as well? Yeah. yeah, I think that one's actually really insightful, what Mike was just saying where we actually think of the funnel as every conversion point as a as a chance to solve a problem for the customer versus a chance to push a product right if we if we think about our business model it it goes from a content problem solving perspective at the very very top and then the very first sell that we make with customers is not them giving us money it's them giving us information about themselves. Right. And I would even say giving us permission to continue to talk yeah, to them. That's, that's the way right. that I like to look at it more. And that's probably the right way to look at it, right? And, and, and then we get that permission, and that permission gives this massive amount of engagement between the, per, the potential purchaser and us as the company, and it ties them together with us further down the funnel. Because now we have more permission to talk about them and more information so that we can solve more problems for them later down the funnel. It's We don't ever look at it as a, what product can we sell from the start? It's what problem can we solve for them? So now that we have more information and more permission, we can say, what problem does this individual buyer have and how can we solve that problem with either A, more content or B, products? And then if, as we solve those problems, um, 
our hope and what we've actually proven out in the, the early model is that they actually become raving fans of us because we're not starting with a exchange of dollars yeah. for product. We're exchanging information for information type of yeah. exchange. It's kind of a fun way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think in order for it to be really effective, you have to like, you have to really commit yeah. to it. I think there's a lot of people who start businesses and they say, well, I need, I need to create content and I need to get this content out to people. And that's like, that's the right first thought. But most of the time people get to the point where they say, all right, we're making this content, but it's just, it's too much. Yeah. Or I don't, you know, I, I think that what, where people go wrong is they're not willing to really fully jump in to the, to the content and value game. And it, if you, if you go halfway, it's just not going to work. People are going to see through it. And also they're just, they're not going to get the value out of it that that's actually going to help them solve any problems. Yeah. I think the cliche, right. Is a content first strategy, right? You hear it in all software yeah. businesses. We need to have a content first strategy, but what does that mean? And back to this, it, it might sound repetitive, but it's rather than having a content first strategy, it's what problem can we solve for our customers with content? And that's the right question versus how do we have a content for a strategy? And that's what makes content effective is like problem solving, not, not SEO or keyword ranking yeah. as, as Mike, I think you mentioned yep. that early on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so Jake, you mentioned software. That's where you spent your career. Yeah. Talk about top of funnel and software. And then maybe what you saw here at Pupford that got you excited and, yeah. um, I think there are some similarities in how you guys are approaching the funnel here. Yeah. So it's actually kind of funny, you know, Mike and I, like you mentioned early on, have been friends for a long time. Um, and so when we were talking about me making the exchange over here, it was actually under a little bit different premise. And a little bit different premise was that Mike had spent a long time in e-commerce and had learned some cool things that we thought that there was a, a software play in, and there, and there probably still is, right? Like there's Shopify's done a great job. WooCommerce, the, a lot of these guys have done a great job creating platforms, but somebody that like integrates content in is, is, is not really like on the market. So we had talked about that. And then a, a few months in, I was getting to learn the business and I had learned what Mike had been telling me all along, which I didn't really grasp was like, A, we are in this huge, huge market and B is we're solving a massive problem from customers. And I think C that we haven't really talked about yet is that we're doing a ton of good. And there's like, there's pot potential of like a North Star metric of how many dogs that are, are not going to shelters because of what Mike has created here, which is a really cool, fun part to be, e even for like people that don't like, wouldn't classify themselves as animal lovers can appreciate the fact that like there's good going on in the business by what, what problems we're solving. And so those three things combined, I thought was like, Hey, there's something special here. And then after talking with Mike for a long time, it was like, we both came to the conclusion. I think Mike had it way before me that this was the perfect market. Um, to solve the problems from what we were trying to do. And so it was like, Hey, let's just stay focused on what we're doing because there is so much opportunity here. So I guess to get to your questions about the, the top of funnel here is the ability for us to solve the problem on a mass scale was awesome, right? There was in, in software, you're always looking for the biggest market, the biggest market, the biggest market. And how can I attack that market? Well, at Pupford and in the pet space, really there's not much bigger markets out there. 
And so if you can, if you can really solve problems from a top of funnel perspective and you can do it in a very impactful way, that's kind of what attracted me to like, not only come, but to like stay focused on solving this problem. And I, and I think with both Mike and I as being a little bit entrepreneurial, it's like staying focused on solving one problem is, is something that we always are, are keeping top of mind because it's something that we want to stay focused on. But like, you can get attracted to the next big thing, but we think that this is the next big thing, yeah. which is cool. Pupford has been direct to consumer. I think there's opportunity to expand into other channels. How do you guys approach channel expansion? How do you approach um, uh, data analysis? Jake, you've, you've done this obviously in software. There's a bit of probably gut feel, but also some uh, you know, philosophy behind it. Yeah, that's that's a tough one, right? Because I think it develops, and, and Mike, feel free to jump in here because you probably have a a better um, grasp on that. But I think it develops as the company matures, right? Initially, Mike was talking about how you threw stuff at the wall, saw what sticked and st- what stuck, not what sticked, um, and then and and then just go with that, right? The same thing that we saw early on in grow is like, Hey, what is working and how do we turn that spigot on full blast and just take full advantage of that? So where I think there's massive opportunity to just go wide and broad, it like leaves a lot of failure points for us, which is like, have we really done something very special in any one category or any one channel? And so when I think what we're learning now is it's like, hey, instead of like attacking everything up front, let's take a step forward and adjust, take a step forward and adjust. And that's kind of the next evolution is, hey, let's start with a hypothesis around what we think should happen from this channel and a time frame in which that should happen. And if those things happen, great, let's keep going forward. If not, then let's adjust. And so I think that early on what can cripple a lot of entrepreneurs from going um, and expanding is an over data analysis. And I come from like a data background, right? With a data company. So it's, it's a little bit different to say that, but I I do think that is one of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur is you can overanalyze something and it can stop you from action. And Mike's really good at helping us um, as the CEO of the company, which is like, guys, let's, let's have a bias towards execution, not towards planning. And that bias towards execution has helped us solve a lot of problems along the way that we wouldn't have even have considered in a planning session at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You just have to kind of on that line too, you just have to kind of balance what's the worst possible outcome from this. Right. Yeah. And if you're gauging and weighing things based on that, there's a lot of stuff that you can continue to test. And that's like, that's the only way that you're actually going to make, um, make something work. Cause if you're willing yeah. to throw things at the wall, sometimes with incomplete data. So Mike, maybe let's, let's, touch on quickly just um the process of figuring out who pupford is right and then and then sort of the go-to-market strategy behind that yeah and it's been it's been interesting too as we've grown the business over the last few years you you see yourself and something that i've been thinking about over the last few minutes as we've been talking in regards to this as well is for anybody starting a business out there you hit these times where you have to almost reinvent your business a little bit and get an understanding of like who you are at that point and how you can best serve your customers and how you can create the create value the best and most effectively. And we've been going through some of that as well as we've grown. And one of the things that, you know, recently is we've been looking at some who we are as, as a business and, and who we are as a, an information provider for the customers that we work with and the, the people that we talk to every day. 
um, we've we've realized that there is, um, you know, a, as a business, there's a big opportunity to help people understand um, all things pups in a way, and and kind of how they can better their relationship with their pup from nose to tail. Um, a lot more of what we've done in the past has been focused around training, and that's. Um, probably the best way for someone to build a relationship with their dog is interacting in a learning manner with them. Um, but, but for us, uh, what we've realized is there's so much more opportunity for us to provide value for people in regards to the entire life of the pet in health, in, um, you know, in nutrition, in, in all these other ways. And so we've kind of realized that one, that there's, there's a better way for us to interact with the people that we're interacting with, with our customers yeah. and um, other pet owners out there, pet parents out there. Um, but then in addition to that, there's a better way for us, or there, there, are more, there are more ways for us to talk to them. And that's kind of why we're looking at, um, you know, more channels that we can get into and, and um, the, the different challenges that that presents in the business as well in regards to map pricing and how we're looking at working with different vendors and, and things like that. I think one thing that has come to light over the last few months is in a business, especially a startup, you're running so fast and you're just trying to solve the next problem with inside of the business. It's easy to lose sight of the value that you're providing for the customers and what customers what what a customer actually is to you. So understanding our customers a little bit better over the last few months around what stage of life is there? dog in and what are they trying to accomplish with their dog and how are they trying to build a better relationship with that pup and so understanding that has helped us kind of recalibrate around what we were actually doing all along which was helping parents pet parents develop a better relationship with their pup through training through nutrition and through products and the cool thing about pupford is that we're able to do that from birth, right? We get to own that relationship from the very beginning and help people develop a good positive relationship from the start so that, as Mike said, the worst possible scenarios, they don't get relinquished to a shelter, that they actually have a meaningful relationship and it becomes a lifelong healthy relationship with the dog. So understanding our customers and what they're trying to accomplish is cool. In fact, we we got a review the other day of someone that like actually canceled a subscription on us. And the review said, the question was something along the lines of what would change in order for you to stay? And they said, actually don't change a thing. You guys have helped me create such a great relationship with my pup that like, I don't want you to change anything. I'm just moving and I'll be back as a customer. <laughs> and it was like kind of cool to hear that, like, because we've tried to develop that and you don't know if you're actually accomplishing the goal until you hear that really, that, that yeah. feedback from those. And so taking time to just review that data has been, has been fun for us. It's also been a little bit nerve wracking because there are other problems to solve. So taking the time to do so um, seems like a sacrifice but well worth it i think in addition to who are we it's also who is our who is our customer i think this gets into actually you know conversion right we've talked about top of funnel um jake maybe if you could touch a bit on how you think about sort of acquiring the right customer and and conversion once you build a nice top of funnel yeah um you know i, I haven't really like i guess thought about it in the, that those terms necessarily um, maybe you have Mike, but the, the conversion, what we're trying to say is like, who is the right customer for us is somebody that is trying to solve a problem with their dog, right? Like we don't really need customers that 
and maybe that's not the right way to say it. We don't really like focus on customers that just want to buy products. Like we focus on people that are trying to like develop some sort of long lasting relationship with their dog. And the reason we do that is, um, you know, we, we choose to not sell food right now, for example, and that's a lifetime value thing for us that everybody needs and everybody wants, but we're trying to sell, sell products that solve problems for people. And so when we're looking for customers and conversion, it's like, who's engaging with the content? Um, what value are they getting out of the content? What are the new problems that they're facing with their pup? And how can we focus on those problems and solving those problems to convert them later down the funnel? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I think on, along that line, like finding actual problems that people have or that they don't realize that they have can be really powerful. Right. Like as an example, um, and I know this is more on the, uh, the business side of things with the podcast specifically, but I do think it's a, there's, there will hopefully be enough pet parents out there listening to this. I think this is valuable as well, where um, I think an understanding of just the pet industry is important also. And, and as a as a business owner, that's important for us to understand that. But then communicating those types of things to customers is important as well in regards to you know, what types of treats are you using to train your dog? You know, If you're using a treat that's too um, high in calories, you can have obesity issues with your dog. Or if you're using um, products that don't have great ingredients in them, there's going to be a fallout from that as well. And so what we try and do is make sure that we're thoughtful about the products that we present to people and that there's utility with all those products as well. That's yeah. why training treats is an example, low calorie, easy to consume. Um, you can rapidly reward behavior. Yeah. And for us, that's the perfect mechanism to help people um, to, to sell a product, right? Yeah. It's a product that, that solves a problem for people and it's a good product inherently. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to, if you don't mind, I wanted to just touch base on what Jake had mentioned before. One of the a really big reason um, why we feel like training is so important um, is when we were first starting the business, we came across a stat that said 96% of dogs that were relinquished to shelters have never had any real training before. And that's a problem. All these pets were being given up to shelters and they were being relinquished and a lot of them were euthanized just because they didn't fit right in the home. That's not the pet's problem. They never had a chance. And so a big part of what we're doing is we're trying to get training into people's hands and make it really accessible for people so that that problem stops, so that we can keep these pups in homes, so that people can see the real value that comes from having your four-legged family member there um, and and just having them be a really awesome member of the family. But I didn't mean to take us down too yeah. much of a tangent, but I, we haven't really touched on that much. I yeah. just think it's a really important part yeah, of our I mean, business that, that's valuable. That That I think leads to my next question, which is, you know, for those people listening that are building businesses or thinking about using content to acquire customers, talk to us about the type of content you guys are producing. And then um, in addition to product innovation, which everyone else is doing, you've also got to be thinking about content innovation and sort of staying ahead of the curve on the types of resources you're providing and staying up to date, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, a, a big part of it is we now have the ability because we have resources and because we have the team to create content that's just inherently better than it was before. But our thought process with it is how do we make something that's like, I feel like a broken record, but we keep going back to like, how do we make something that is, um, that's going to solve real problems? for people and that's going to to create actual solutions for them. And then another piece of our content, how we approach content is also how do we make it really accessible for 
any person that's potentially going to listen, um, how do we create utility for it? Yeah. Right. And that me and just, you know, so how do we make a video around it? How do we make audio around it? How do we make written content around it? That way for a pet parent who's coming and trying to learn about something, we can cover all of our bases and make sure that whatever means they learn most effectively, whether it's listening or watching or reading, we provide them with the opportunity to learn in that way. Yeah. And so we're always looking for ways that we can make content more accessible for people as well. So making it more effective and then making it more um, or, and more high quality and then making it more accessible yeah. is a big thing for us. Which, uh, which specific areas are you focusing on? I know there's training, nutrition, anything else sort of on the horizon as you guys think about content and education a lot of our content focus going forward is going to be more around nutrition um, and around the health of the pet generally um, both how to get things started off on the right foot and then how to maintain that as the pup grows and gets older and grows into adulthood and then eventually becomes a senior dog but yeah. um, a big part of it is just how do you get started off on the right foot and how do these new pet parents have got this brand new puppy that is peeing everywhere and chewing everything up how do we make sure that they understand um how to get the proper nutrition, how to train them effectively, how to make sure that they just have a generally healthy and fulfilled lifestyle. Um, so that's a big focus on our content and where, where we're headed yeah. with things. Another, another unique one there that I that just came to mind, which is kind of fun in a business like this with the reach that we have is to see what emerges and what kind of dies from your initial thoughts. And one thing that's emerged that we didn't really see, which was we have a ton of people that go through our training programs and some people get through it successfully. And they're just like, Hey, I've, I've got my dog to a point where I feel like it's a great trained pup. Some people are like, Hey, this really isn't for me at doing my own home training. So they realize I need to go to a trainer. Um, and then we're hearing a lot of feedback that there's, there's, there's not enough dog trainers. It's hard to get into them. And then we're getting this whole other group of people that are in there. That's like, Hey, I actually have a knack for this and I want to become maybe even a certified dog trainer. And how, so how can we help that group of people support this other group of people that they're not able to get into trainers? And so we're, we're considering and starting the early phases of actually developing a program around helping people to dive deeper into like understanding the, all of the elements that go into being more of a professional type dog trainer as well, which is kind of a cool, um, a, a cool path that we didn't ultimately plan to go down. It just kind of emerged from all the people using our, yeah, our yeah. data there. When we so. really feel like pe if people have enough of a base, there's enough people out there who have dogs, right? There's a hundred million dogs in the United States. There are a lot of dogs out there. And so if we can get enough of a baseline for to, if we can give people enough of a baseline in training, um, then it's going to be just super valuable generally because almost everyone interacts with dogs. Yeah. And so having a better understanding of how to interact with dogs um, is going to be valuable across the board. Yeah. It's actually kind of fun in the top of funnel too, to see where people come from is people are friends with other people with dogs, right? It's like, so how did you train your dog? Like your dog's well behaved. And that's like, check mark for me as a pup parent, right? Like I get to wear that badge of honor. It's like, oh, I learned that through Pupford. Right. And there's this whole, the top of funnel, if we can get people to refer other people back into the top of funnel without having to run ads for it or broadcast it, that's a really cool, sustainable business that shows that you've actually solved a problem, yeah. right? Yeah. As other people referring back to it. And it's, it's fun when we see that type of stuff yeah. too. Yeah. When it's a lot easier to do that when your content's yeah. actually good. Yeah. When you provide, when you go over the top with value, um, it's a whole lot easier to get the organic stuff yeah. going, the word yeah. of mouth stuff. 
So let's talk about uh, product innovation. You're layering it, you're layering in product, you know, on top of content. Does does the content and sort of the feedback you're getting from your customers drive product innovation? Does product innovation drive content? How do you think about the two and and um, how they sort of play together? Um, I think that what we're the feedback that we get from the communities that drives a lot of the product innovation that we're looking at because we're seeing things that people are asking for or we're seeing things that people are doing, and we say to ourselves, we can make that accessible to everybody, or we can make it you know fifty percent better and then offer it to everybody. But um, yeah, the product innovation side is actually super exciting to me, and just the ability to provide someone with something that is not only um, fulfilling and fun for their pup, but also serves a purpose um, and enri- it, you know, in enrichment. Um, something that's evolved over the last number of years that wasn't as apparent um, when we were growing up is you know, dogs need a lot of mental stimulation as well as physical. People thought, ah, if I get them enough exercise and just exercise only, then they'll be okay. But they need more than that. Um, as they're exercising, you know, when you're out on a walk, sniffing is very good for dogs because it gives them mental stimulation. Um, you know, different enrichment products that we have, like a snuffle mat, for example, um, provide enrichment opportunities. But what what um, what we're realizing is, and what people in the pet industry are starting to realize more and more, which I think is a really great thing, is that yeah, dogs need more, and so the ability to innovate on that and create products that help. Um, on the mental stimulation side of things uh, are really powerful for building a good relationship and for allowing your dog to have a really healthy, um, less anxious life. And you guys are working on some technology, I think, to create a better interface with your customers and sort of unlock that demand. But how do you see technology being layered into a business like this? And how could you you know utilize technology to uh, grow the business? Yeah. You know, it, it was kind of interesting. We spent the last, about a month ago, we went to uh, an industry conference and realized that there's not a lot of technology. And so there's this whole group of people that have are young, right? Like our demographic is young. They're 20, 30-year-old, first-time pet parents. And what they want is they want technology. They want a way to easily access both products and knowledge um, in one easy interface. And so we figured like, hey, how can we do that for our customers and how can we solve that problem for them? Because most of the industry has been solved around how can I get the right products in the shelves in front of people when they're in the store and how can they buy that, right? That's been the innovation that's been there and it's been innovation around products. Like how can I create a good product? We're saying that there's innovation on product side, but there's also innovation in technology that will allow customers to access information when, where, and how they want, and to do it in a way that's super easy and digestible. And what I mean by that is like the information that we provide for people most likely can be found through a Google search, but you're going to spend hours and hours sifting through a bunch of data. And a lot of it is going to be conflicting. And then you, you might end up being more confused than when you started. So if we can use technology to help organize and serve up the information that you need at a time when you need it, that's how we have figured our audience wants to be interacted with. And it's, it's honestly what's helped us grow a ton. So doing more of that is probably the right solution for us long-term. Yeah. So what's, what's next for Pufford? What, what are you guys working on now? Uh, you know, what is, what does Pufford look like in the next 24 months? Yeah. 
Um, as Jake mentioned, we've we've had a lot of success so far on integrating technology with physical products, and we think there's a whole bunch more opportunities there to continue to integrate across different channels and providing people more opportunities to learn and to build a better relationship with their pup, not just um, through the app or through a website, but um, like Jake was saying, anywhere that they're at. So um, without saying too much, you know, there's, there are, I think that there's a lot of, um, that we're building some pretty cool stuff right now that is going to help facilitate um, pet parents' ability to build a better relationship with their pup um, through a lot of other channels, you know, whether that's going and buying things at a retail location or um, wherever else it might be. Uh, we want to, we're building technology that's going to help facilitate the ability for that to happen. Yeah. I think uh, one specific example that comes to mind of what we're building that we're really excited about um, is what we've learned through this whole process of giving people content, information, and products is most people want to be told or recommended how to deal with a new family member, a new, a new pet in the home. And they want more of that, right? So one of the things that we talked about early on is we gather a fair amount of information from people um, that they've shared with us and they've said, hey, use this to help me gain a better relationship with my pup. So now we're finding new innovative ways to use that so that we can recommend both products and additional content even further than we have in the past to help with with solving the problems that they face. Right. And so if we can help them and solve the problem before they even know it's a problem, that's where we're going to start winning. Right. Where they're like, Oh man, I, I saw like Pupford had talked about that. And now I'm seeing it in my, seeing it in the behavior with my dog. I need to go back and get that product. Right. That's where we're going to win. Yeah. So what, uh, what products are you guys selling today and what's, what's on the come? And for those listening, where can they purchase Pupford products? Yeah. So right now we have mostly consumable products, treats and chews and, products like that. We, we've got more products coming on the health side of things and helping to facilitate the um, nutritional and, and healthy relationships for a pup. And then some we've got some cool hard goods and, and enrichment products and toys that will be coming down the pipeline here, not too far down the road. Um, yeah, we sell uh, on our website on pupford.com. Um, you can also download the Pupford app for any pup parents out there. It's a must-have resource. If you've got a dog, um, especially if you've got a puppy, you need to download it. There's a ton of free resources on there, um, and it's going to show you how to train your dog. It, it's really, really high-quality content. Um, you can make purchases through there as well. And then, um, yeah, we sell on Amazon and Chewy also. So more channels to come soon. But Awesome. What, uh, what excites you guys most about Pupford going forward? I, I think the growth that we've seen over the last year um, is all kind of gathering right now, right? We have this big swell that's been building around new products, new technology, and new channels that are all launching at the same time. And that was really exciting, right? So the, the next phase for us is we've been building the right team to, to support that big wave. And that's really exciting to me to see all of the pieces come together and how they're gelling right now that we don't feel like we're going to have big hiccups in the future with this huge swell that's just, that's actually the, the wave started to form, right? We're seeing some growth from it already. Um, and that team being there to support it so that we don't have to slow down is what excites me next. Yeah, I, we've had the chance to help millions of pet parents so far in building a better relationship with their pup, but I, we really feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg. So I'm super excited about 
just continue to expand our mission on helping people build a better relationship with their pup. And I think that there's, I mean, the whole world is in front of us right now still, even with what we've done so far. So we're, we're thrilled to partner with both of you and help build, uh, help build Pupford. Thank you guys for coming by today. Thanks. Yeah, for thanks. Having us.